everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. This is Murder with My Husband. My name is Peyton Moreland. And I'm Garrett Moreland. And he's the husband. I'm the husband. Uh, another day, another podcast, huh, babe? Another day, another podcast. <laughs> so we are super excited to tell you guys um, that we are doing our first giveaway ever with Murder with My Husband. Um, Father's Day is just around the corner. And so we have teamed up with Dozzy Ties, which are super trendy, skinny ties with a style for everyone. Garrett has multiple ties and he loves them, right? I, lo- I really do love them. I wear them all the time. I swear they're the only ties you wear. Yeah. So these ties are perfect for your husband, your father, or you <laughs> if you wear ties. That being said, Dozzy and Murder With My Husband are giving away $100 in store credit to one of our listeners who leaves a review with a comment on whatever platform you listen on. Keep in mind, if you have already left us a review with a comment, you are automatically entered in the giveaway. A review with a comment would just mean not just five stars or I guess if you're not rating us five stars, (laughs) uh, you rate the stars and then you leave a comment. Why? The only reason... We have to do it that way so that we can see who entered. It's just a lot harder to see when you don't leave a comment. So yeah, leave a comment uh, with your review and you are automatically entered into $100 in store credit to Dozzy Ties and we'll be giving away to one of our listeners. This is really an awesome giveaway. $100 is a lot to this company. So we are super excited for this. So yeah, if you haven't left a review, go do it now. Father's Day is just around the corner and you, this is a great opportunity. Don't miss out. (laughs) Okay, so let's jump right into the story. I'm going to tell you where um, I got my information from. Okay. www.newyorktimes.com. There is also an Amazon four-part series called Lorena about this case, and it is amazing. It is where I got majority of my information from. Like I said, it's four parts. Kind of long, but really good. And then I also got from www dot the hotline.org so let's jump right into it Peyton is really really excited about this one so <laughs> I am I did a lot of research I really wanted this one to be a good one for you guys we've been pretty busy we know that last week was you know wasn't the best it was a little bit of a struggle for us I'm not gonna lie but we had a really busy week yeah, so I just wanted this one to be awesome so you ready I think so in 1989 Battery and women and domestic violence against women was not looked into or taken seriously. There were more laws against animal cruelty versus domestic violence at this time, meaning that animals actually had more rights when violence was done to them than women had more rights when violence was done to them at this time. Keep in mind, animal cruelty is still bad and please stop doing it. (laughs) I don't like that, but I'm just giving you some reference. In 1991, Clarence Thomas gets nominated for the U.S. Supreme Court and his former woman assistant, Anita F. Hill, came forward against him for sexual harassment. The Senate comes to his defense, the accusations are brushed aside, and he gets elected anyways. Wow. Anita is brutalized in the media, and women were shown that this is what happens if you come forward. In a he said, she said, the man is granted authority and credibility over the woman. Then the Kennedy rape case is dismissed. And once again, the women are devalued by the man and by the system. In 1992, charges against the Naval Academy are dismissed one by one. So there was like this huge case in the Naval Academy of sexual abuse. And one by one, they're just brushed aside. Hmm. In 1993, over 2,000 women were killed by their partners. This was the situation going on in America for women's sexual rights and domestic violence. On June 23rd, 1993, at around 5 a.m., the Manassas, Virginia Police Department gets a call from the hospital. The doctors claim that they need to dispatch officers over there immediately. A man named John Bobbitt has been rushed in, his penis cut off pretty cleanly. Whoa, wait, what do you mean cleanly? Like Straight line. Just. Cut right off. Whoa. It had been cut off with a kitchen knife by his wife while he slept. That had to have been a sharp knife because our knives can barely cut our vegetables. I'm just going to (laughs) say, I saw the picture of the knife and it didn't look that sharp. But I also saw the picture of the penis and it was a clean cut. You saw (laughs) the picture of the penis? Yes. Oh my gosh. It was 
You are insane. <laughs> okay. So confused and shocked, obviously, the police dispatch over to the hospital and accurately do find John in a lot of pain, in fact, without his penis. Just the balls. Oh, my gosh. The police department immediately dispatched CSI to John's apartment where him and his wife, Lorena, lived and where the incident had taken place. Rumors had spread that Lorena had actually swallowed his penis after severing it. Um, But nonetheless, authorities were hoping to maybe find the missing appendage anyways and hopefully reattach it. That makes me hurt. (laughs) That literally makes me hurt. So upon arrival in the early hours of June 23rd, CSI noticed a blood trail from the parking lot up to the Bobbitt's apartment. They enter the residence and they find blood scattered throughout the house, discovering that the bedroom was in fact where the crime had occurred. There was a pool of blood, surprisingly about an inch deep, in the shape of buttocks on the mattress. It's immediately apparent that John had actually sat there after she had for a long time done the deed, yeah, um, before he stumbled out to his friend who happened to be staying with them, like in the apartment. So he stumbled out and said, Ugh, "Yeah, you know." And can you take me to the hospital? Oh my, I can't even think shit right now because that just <laughs> makes me hurt so bad. That is crazy. <laughs> so this is how he found his way to the hospital from his friend, and he was. Okay, according to him, no. But according to everyone else, he was severely intoxicated that night, which actually served him quite well as the pain of the wound didn't actually reach him very fast, which is why he sat in the bed for a while. So the CSI, unable to discover or find the penis in the bedroom, searched the rest of the apartment. They entered the kitchen and searched for the knife that had been used in the endeavor and with no luck. In either the murder weapon or the missing body part. Mm -hmm. But they do discover pamphlets in the kitchen about rape and spousal protection against it. So they're kind of like... Oh, weird. What the heck? Yeah. It was at this point, though, that the CSIs then get a call from the authorities. And they claim that they had received a 911 call from John's wife, Lorena. And that she had confessed to them where she was, where the penis was, and what had actually happened. So with what? Can you reattach a penis? <laughs> like, is that a thing? You'll find out. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just in case I ever go crazy. Yeah, one ex- day. exactly. So with everything going on, the cops decide that the missing penis was the top priority. Not like arresting Lorena yet. They just knew that they had to get this penis and they had to get it back to the hospital because they didn't know how much time they had until reattachment wasn't possible Mm -hmm. anymore. So Lorena tells the cops that after rushing out of the apartment, she did in fact have the penis in her hand. And she got into her car and she started to head to the nail salon where she worked. But it's like the middle of the night, remember? And on the way, she found that driving with the body part in her hand was somewhat difficult. And she was already in like a weird state of mind. And so she just, while she was driving, she just rolled the the driver's side window down. Stuck her arm out and just tossed the penis over the top of the car and into a field. That oh, that's so valuable. Why would you do that? Oh my gosh, I know. I can't. I can't. All I can see is just her, just like flicking a little peepee this up is, over. This is uh, this is like a comedy show. I know. I know. Um, if we're saying the word penis too much and that bothers you, I'm sorry. No, this story. Every time I say the word penis, take a shot if you're a drinker. <laughs> So they immediately, the cops, head to the area where she claimed she had tossed it. It was just a general area because she didn't, it was dark. She wasn't really paying attention. And at the same time as this, the CSI team now race against time to get to the garbage can where Lorena claimed she had thrown the knife that she used in the incident. It was in a trash can outside of her nail salon workplace. Um, When she had arrived to the nail salon, she found that it was locked because it's the middle of the night. And so she just threw the knife into the trash can and left. But it happened to be trash day that next morning and sanitation workers were on their way to pick up the trash. So it was literally a race between them Mm -hmm. and the CSI team to go get that knife first. Yeah. So keep in mind, like she walks out of the house after doing this with the kitchen knife in one one hand. hand and the... 
Penis. In the other. Yeah. So meanwhile, in the penis field, a firefighter stumbles upon the severed body part. Like he comes upon it in the field. And he reveals to the search team, oh. everyone, I, I found it, but no one would pick it up. They were like, I'm not picking oh, yeah, it up. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. So everyone waits for the rescue team to get there because they have, like, equipment. You know, they have gloves. They have things to pick this up. And then once the treasure was secured, I guess, it was rushed to the nearby 7-Eleven that just happened to be on the corner of the f- penis field. And the penis was placed into a hot dog tray filled with ice from the 7-Eleven. Inside a hot dog bun? Yeah. Like, why couldn't they have (laughs) just used, like, a square hamburger one or, like, a cup or a bag or literally anything that people don't eat a weenie out of? They just needed to use a hot dog. They had to use it. So, at this point, the secured penis was on ice and was rushed to the hospital where John and doctors waited to see if reattachment was possible Mm -hmm. upon arrival the appendage was sterilized and john went into what would become a nine hour long surgery to reattach his property oh man during the time of the penis surgery lorena the suspect and the wife was taken to the same hospital opposite side to do a rape kit so her husband's getting the penis that she cut off reattached and she's on the other side of the hospital getting a rape kit done it wasn't until the penis had been found that the cops had actually started to somewhat uncover the rest of the story. Lorena told them that John was very, very abusive through their marriage. He would rape her, control her, and physically, emotionally, and mentally abuse her. She was his property, and he reminded her of that every single day. I'm going to tell you now, she is a immigrant. She's a Latina woman. She's like 90 pounds. She's tiny, beautiful, beautiful girl. But mm-hmm. he held this against her like she immigrated over he was her uh, first love yep i know what you're saying she has a green card because of him so he reminded you're her you're the reason i'm here yes blah blah yeah. blah all that okay so that night she claims that john had come home drunk and raped her and afterwards he fell asleep and so she went to the kitchen to get a drink of water and then she saw the kitchen knife sitting in the kitchen and she said something inside of her just snapped after the years of abuse. And she doesn't really remember what happened next. Wow. It was as fast as the next morning that journalists had caught wind of this investigation. And the story spread like wildfire, as you would expect. It was the first time that the word penis was printed in the New York Times. Whoa. So everyone, everyone's saying penis, not just oh, us. Oh, yeah. Well, how, what are you supposed to say? We can tiptoe around it, yeah. you know? The male private part. (laughs) The headlines read, wife cuts off husband's penis. And absolutely everyone who reads that is going to, absolutely everyone who sees that is going to read it. That's a great clickbait. Yes. So from the beginning of this case, you know, and the coverage of this, rape was mentioned. It was, the headline was, you know, cuts off penis and wife accuses husband of rape, Mm -hmm. cuts off his penis. So celebrities, TV shows, media was instantly making jokes about this situation dark humor from how it was reattached to what she did with it during to why to it was just literally a comedic story from the beginning it was not serious coverage it was like i mean your reaction to the story right well it's kind of like a joke because he's alive and she just cut his penis off and they reattached it yeah it's like a book yeah and so late night shows steve harvey oprah etc are fo- like Everybody. talking about this story. Everyone was cracking jokes. How come I've never heard of this before? Because <laughs> you don't. I, <laughs> I asked my parents. All I had to say was his name. I mean, and this was I in. I have never heard of this. I mean, this was a while ago, but not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And I just said his name and they were like, oh yeah, we know that story. Oh, that's so funny. So, um, you know, everyone's focusing on this woman who cut off her husband's dingling but no one was focusing on the reason why at this point in time marital rape was barely even acknowledged let alone pressed like when when it was oh he raped her people were like they're married yeah how you know Mm -hmm. so lorena immediately hires an attorney and a media rep usually victims of sexual assault do not get their names published in media and this case would mean that neither john nor lorena's name would be published because they both had filed as victims john is pressing charges against her for cutting 
off his weenie and she's pressing charges against him for marital rape. So when Lorena hired the media rep, though, journalists caught wind of it and then they were like, oh, that's it. She hired media reputation. So now we have the okay to publish her name. So soon widespread who had done it, what their names were, everything about them. Mm -hmm. So Lorena's lawyer decides to get in front of it while he can. Using the widespread attention, he sets up an interview with Vanity Fair before the trial against him has even begun. Keep in mind, this was before the Internet. Nobody, you know, except those who already knew John and Lorena had known what they looked like. So this interview was going to put a face behind the most popular story in America at the time. And John and Lorena were attractive. He was attractive and she was beautiful. Uh, You're going to have to show me a picture after this. Um, So she's not in jail, obviously. No, they're just both arrested. Okay. Um, Taken in the custody? Yes. Got it. Uh. Vanity Fair was about to add to this story in a crazy way by releasing her her side of the story, her beautiful pictures. I mean, her pictures in Vanity Fair were in a swimming suit. Wow. Yeah. Like she's gorgeous. Sports Illustrated. Okay. So at the first hearing for domestic relations against Lorena, the authorities read aloud the statement that she had first given them the morning of the incident. So right after it happens, they interview her and this is what she says. A damning segment of this interview was when she was talking about why she had done it. They say, why do you do it? She claims that the abuse, you know, and that he had raped her and all that. And then she says, because he have orgasm and not wait for me. He never let me orgasm. Those were her exact words. Yes. And keep in mind, she, there's some speech. I mean, she's an immigrant. There's a barrier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But And I think that does have a big part to do with this. I mean, she'd just done this, not making excuses for her actions, but she had just done this. She was in a very weird state of mind. And the cops were just, why, why, why? And after she had talked about the rape and after she had talked about the abuse, she then says this statement, which which doesn't look good for her. No, Because sexual frustration is not a reason. Sexual frustration in everyone's mind is way different than rape. Rape, right? So this was hard. In the sense that John was claiming that she had done this because he had told her he wanted a divorce that night and wouldn't have sex with her. And that's why he says that she did this. And then she went and said that. Oh, okay. That so then she says, good. no, he raped me. And he did, but then she says that. So it doesn't help. Yeah. So Lorena's attorney said the statement came from, you know, the language and the cultural barrier as well as woman who was in shock and despair and she had no attorney present during it. You know, it was the first interview. And mm-hmm. so that's what they, you know, chalk it up to be. John was arraigned the next day for marital sexual abuse, and he claims that he didn't do any of it. I never beat her. I never abused her mentally, physically, or emotionally. I never raped her. I just wanted a divorce. The tests on Lorena that night came back positive for sexual intercourse, um, but John claims they never had sex that night. So her rape kit says she had sex that night, but John is saying we didn't have sex that night. Okay. So police had been called. Four times previous to this incident to their home. Three of the times they were called by John. The fourth was by Lorena's mom, who claimed to the police that Lorena had been the cause of the whole fight. And Lorena was also the breadwinner of the couple. John was independent on her. She made more money than him. And because of all this, the prosecutors believe that John's innocent. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, what you're telling me, because I don't know anything about the story, but it sounds like... She's the cause of everything. It sounds like she was going crazy. Obviously, we're not done with this story, but that's what it's all looking like. Yeah. So John goes on trial before Lorena and it becomes internationally covered. People came from all over to witness the penis trial. Like you said, I'm sure people were just cracking up. Oh, yeah. Just a big comedy show. You should see the inner. You should see the news clips like a joke. Just just dying over this that this is the biggest trial in america of a wife who did this and at this time it's a wife who did this because her husband wouldn't let her orgasm as she says as she says so that i mean that didn't help in the media Mm -hmm. at all you know like there were jokes about women who were like well maybe man should get their crap together why you know oh i can imagine and men who were like you know it just was bad so um you know, locals actually started making merchandise and selling it outside the courthouse, like boxers that say like, cut it, you know, or shirts that are like, <laughs> don't cut it too short, oh you know, stuff gosh. like that. And, you know, 
they just played on the situation of the whole thing. It was like everyone outside the courtroom was wearing this like That's... penis merchandise and CNN, ABC, all the major news stations were following this case at the courthouse covering it, you know, the case of the Bobbits, you know? And so at his trial, John was able to tell his brutal side of the story from that night. He claims that he went out to a couple of clubs, wasn't intoxicated as she had made it seem and came home. He says that Lorena attacked him because she was sexually unsatisfied. Then Lorena gets up and tells her side of the events at the hearing as well. She claims that John had pinned her down that night, tore her clothes off. She had asked him why he kept doing this. But the judge in John's case ruled that the only events that were allowed to be mentioned at the trial were five days previous or after the incident so she hmm. couldn't talk about the abuse do you know if there's a reason behind that no i don't know okay i i mean there's always admissible it kind of it screws over tra- cases yeah, sometimes it kinda, it i'm seems not gonna strange, lie because why would the because judge she couldn't about... get up and go claim to her state of mind of the past years of abuse exactly so it just kind of seems weird the yeah. judge would only do five days yeah so that was hard Lorena explains that even in those five days, he had raped her before this. He had told her that forced sex excites him. And if she tried to leave, he would find her and make her still have sex with him. And doctors who at this trial who examined Lorena testify that they don't think she was raped, that her panties were cut with a knife or with scissors and not torn. And that she had no outward appearance of rape, including her mental state after which like she mm. just cut off her husband's penis so how do you testify to someone's mental state at the time on a completely different matter yeah that's oh true. afterwards she wasn't acting like she got raped well she just cut off his penis like i don't know what yeah. you were wanting her to act like um john changes his story at trial claiming okay 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 we did have sex that night but i was asleep during it basically because i was so tired i wasn't drunk but I was so tired that I was basically asleep. Okay, well, that's a lie because you cannot sleep during sex. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Oh, you're welcome. John was not charged for the crime. So he gets off. Not for He doesn't get marital rape, sexual abuse. I've never understood how people in court can change their stories, yet the judge and the jury looks at it like, oh, you know what? Yeah, they just, I don't know, they changed their mind. That's something that's always kind of bugged me. Court's if a you, weird thing. If you change your story in court, something's wrong. Yeah. Like something's wrong. Yeah. Huh. So feminist women's organizations come out, protests immediately start happening. This woman's battered. She's abused. Yeah. And he, you just let him off. So to prove marital rape at this point in time in America, there had to be two qualifiers. One was you had to be separated at the time. So you couldn't be married and and have marital rape you had to be living in different houses and then he came over and raped me and then two you had to leave significant damage you had to make her bleed you had a bruiser you had to you had to leave physical damning evidence that makes no sense not emotional you know physical so basically it was impossible to prove marital rape marital rape happens in marriages mm-hmm. they're not separated And they don't always leave damage. Wives don't always fight back to their husbands. Mm -hmm. And so this was in a, in a state that basically these were the cases in a state that accepted rape was even possible in marriage. Most states at this time didn't even accept it. You couldn't come to court saying my husband raped me. It, it, It didn't stand. It was impossible. If you were married, it was consensual. No matter what, only few states had these, Okay, fine, you can get raped during marriage, but you have to have these two things. Yeah. So in the case, the jury had actually come back pretty quickly with a verdict. But upon being interviewed years later, um, saying, you know, when we were trying him, they actually changed their mind. They think that after being shown photos of the crime scene, the knife, the cutoff penis, and it's pretty graphic, um, they kind of lost track of what they were really there for. It wasn't about, did this guy rape her? It was about, did this woman cut off her husband's penis? Which, I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? Because you're looking at these pictures and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. It like felt she- like they were convicting her. Yeah. Well, it'd be hard to look at a crime scene that's so violent yeah. and then try her Convict side. him, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You, you're convicting the victim of these pictures. Psychologically, your brain, it would yeah. just be and weird And they to look say at. that now. They're like, yeah, I don't think we knew kind of. We didn't. Well, how do you wrap your mind around yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. So 
After the first trial, John's trial, John went to live on a ranch. He refrained from interviews, but he made sure that people knew he was riding horses because that would hurt after you just had reattachment surgery. And he was still playing into the joke. And so he had, he had journalists come take pictures of him riding horses and publish them. What? So he also gets a new girlfriend while he's out there. And between the trials, the jokes and the comedy value of this only get worse. As John started to laugh and chime in on these jokes as well in his interviews, he would, he would joke about it. He would talk about it. David Letterman, Jimmy Fallon, every late night show was talking and joking about this. This guy was like a celebrity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Howard Stern had his annual New Year's pageant that he used to use to raise money. And in this year, he raised it for John and his reattachment surgery because it cost a lot of money. They ended up raising $190,000 for him on TV that night. And it all went to him. All went to him. He was an instant celebrity profiting off this case. Maybe you should cut my penis off. (laughs) (laughs) But it was disgusting. The Howard Stern show... He, they made him get naked basically and oh, like strip and like talk about his yeah. penis and like that's weird. how crazy his wife was. And she was just getting the bad end of the stick and he was the celebrity. Well, yeah, that kind of sucks for her because she's claiming and saying that he raped her and she's just getting like it's a joke. Yeah. Okay, keep going. He started selling his own merchandise about his PP and he goes on tour talking about his PP. Like literally he's just famous for his penis i don't know he starts joining in on the comedy skits late night shows um about his incident that was literally still gonna go to trial soon like it hadn't even gone to trial yet and there there was already this much media coverage about it i bet part of him wanted to just drop everything because he probably like didn't care about oh he says right because he got his penis back so he probably was just he says like this was his this was his time to make it oh my gosh yeah So Lorena's trial was going to be aired on TV in January. And the same person who was prosecuting John's trial was also going to prosecute Lorena. So he did John's trial and tried to prosecute him and failed. And now he's going to do Lorena's trial and try to prosecute her. So he literally did both sides of the story, which is kind of crazy. That rarely happens. Mm -hmm. So um, she was going to plead not guilty and claim temporary insanity even after getting offered only four months if she pled guilty, um, she was looking at 20 years if she gets sentenced. But Lorena said, no, I'm not going to take four months. I'm going to risk the 20 years because I'm not guilty. And I'm going to go through with this trial. That would be hard. So on day one of her trial, there were so many cameras and people there to witness and even more locals selling merchandise. This was even bigger than John's trial. It was this on steroids. Japan sent over people to cover the story like hundreds of news trucks outside of the courtroom. Just, I guess there was nothing else really going on at this time. And so this was it. Lorena's team opening statements ended with a life is more valuable than a penis. I cannot believe I have not heard of this before. I I live under a rock. (laughs) That's crazy. I know. So women around started speaking up for Lorena. Whoopi Goldberg takes her side, does a whole thing on it. You know, those who were proud of her for standing up against her rapist. Um, There was a pretty big shift for self-defense and women's right. Mm -hmm. At this time, it kind of pushed it pretty good. At the trial, Lorena and her team showed many instances of past abuse, some even validated with eyewitnesses, neighbors, coworkers. Neighbors said they could hear John yelling at her all the time and acting controlling. Coworkers claimed that she would come to work with rug burns all over her legs, bruises, goose eggs on her head. People claimed that he shoved her around in front of them, like at parties. He would push her up against the wall, call her degrading names, call her a, like a stupid Latina. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when she finally has her chance in court to talk about the past abuse, eyewitness after eyewitness comes in against him for really? her. Yes. Good. Um, even though the past police calls were made primarily by John, he was actually arrested at one of them for battery because she had bruises. She had a fat lip. It was all cut How was up. this not brought up before? Because they the judge made it inadmissible. That's so frustrating. So... It comes out in the trial that one of her neighbors had actually given her the pamphlets about the rape and the marital abuse. So she was telling mm-hmm. people 
I'm in trouble and they could see it. And yep. so one of her neighbors gave those to her. They even brought in some of John's basketball friends and all of his friends testified against him talking about how he talked about forced sex and that he liked it and he liked to make girls scream for help and he liked hurting them during sex and etc. Oh, that's horrible. It was basically a floodgate of witnesses providing evidence that they had seen the abuse on Lorena by John. When Lorena was testifying, so she finally gets up, Mm -hmm. it's so obvious that she's reliving the trauma. It was really hard for me to watch because it was aired. So they have the footage and she's shaking and she's trembling and she can't really speak English that well. And so she's trying to talk and and she's a hurt woman. Like you can tell she is not okay. Uh, And he's fine. He's, he's going off with Howard Stern and partying and a celebrity. And so so sad. Lorena admits on trial that she had become pregnant at one point during their marriage, but John had made her get an abortion, even though she didn't want to. He had told her that if she didn't, he wouldn't stick around and he wouldn't help raise the baby. She claims that John would tell her, you know, she was ugly and an ugly Hispanic and she didn't deserve him. He would threaten to take away her immigration paperwork, claiming that he would deport her if she decided to leave him. When John gets up on stand at this trial, he admits to pushing and shoving, but never hitting or forcing sex. Oh, I shoved her. I pushed her in front of those people. They're right. But I never hit her and I never raped her. This keeps changing his story. The defense provides a document that he had actually had to sign during his time in the military. And on the document, he admits that he's hit his wife before. Like one of the questions was like, spousal abuse and he says yes whoa i'm surprised why would you i don't know why would you put yes even if you did it not saying that's okay i'm just yeah um when they ask john you know what about all these eyewitnesses what about this point what about your basketball friends what about this he forgets or doesn't remember a lot of the instances that the eyewitnesses had brought up around this point in the trial with this story headlining on every news station another story that was in my opinion equally as heartbreaking and strange broke headlines which sort of clouded the obsession with the bobbits for a minute the story that was breaking news was that olympic skater tanya harding had cheated by paying someone to break the legs of her fiercest competition nancy kerrigan oh okay i know this so this news obviously doles the interest they're now Mm -hmm. splitting the limelight but only for a second Honestly, this was a great time for tabloids and TV. Nancy Kerrigan on film right after, you know, screaming out in pain. They just had all the juiciest stories. These two both were living. There was pictures, you know, there was, you know, it was just a good time for TV. Wow. And I think this time in television proves my theory that despite the ugliness and sadness that comes along with true crime from the beginning of time, Majority of people have just been obsessed with it and we can't seem to look away. Mm-hmm. No one, you know, CNN was actually receiving complaints about their coverage on the actual presidential news at the time. Viewers upset that they weren't covering Tanya and the Bobbitt case. Why are you talking about the news? Why are you talking about politics? Why are you talking about the president? Talk about Tanya. Talk about the penis. Like they were re- getting complaints sent in. Stop covering uh, these things. That's so interesting. So back at trial, Hispanics from all around surrounding states made their way to the trial to protest and show their support outside of the courthouse for Lorena. They stood in the freezing cold weather that January and they they stood with her when she would walk out. They would cheer for her. Good. Lorena testifies at trial that during their marriage, she had actually tried and she bought a tape recorder so she could show the divorce lawyer because she wanted to leave him Mm -hmm. how he treated her. She wanted to have proof of the abuse so that They wouldn't deport her, basically. Smart lady. And John found it before, and then he hit her, he raped her, he punished her for it. Lorena had moved some of her stuff out to her neighbor's house, telling the neighbor that she was leaving him, and she just wanted wanted it to be a fast move, so can I start sneaking things to your house? Um, A couple days before the incident, a brand new client from the nail salon who didn't know Lorena came in to get her nails done. She noticed... That when Lorena, you know, pulled her sleeves up to start working on the hands, she had handprint bruises on her forearms. And so the client, you know, asks her about it and she starts shaking, bawling. The manicure is bad. Lorena's just silently crying through the whole thing. How is this guy just not convicted already? There's so much evidence against him. 
When the client asked her, you know, what's wrong, she claims that her husband's hurting her. The client told her to leave. Lorena didn't answer. The client said she would bring her home with him or her home with her if she needs her to. And she says, no, her husband would kill both of them if she left. So she tried. She tried. She told people she she knew she needed help. A day before the incident, Lorena went in to get a restraining order against him. And she was denied. She was told to come back a couple days later when there was someone there who could help her. So she, the day before, That's so messed she broke. Up. That's so messed up. The night of the incident, John and his friend who was staying with them arrived home from the bar at 3 a.m. John claims to this day that he only had a little bit to drink and neither of them were drunk because they wouldn't drive drunk. But his friend literally testified at the trial that they were drunk and that they drove home drunk. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Lorena woke up when they came home. And John went and got in bed with her. John claims that he, you know, touched her, rolled on top of her, and then fell asleep. He doesn't remember if they had sex or not, stating, if I did, I was asleep during it. Hmm. But he's not drunk, remember? Yeah, he's perfectly fine. Lorena claims that John came in, pulled her underwear off, and got on top of her, raped her. She claims that, you know, she said, I don't want to have sex with you, but he pinned her down anyways. He covered her mouth so his friend wouldn't hear her struggling. While testifying this part, Lorena is not okay. Like they're Uh making her relive it and she is Mm -hmm. the saddest I've ever seen a testimony. She tells the attorney interviewing her that, you know, you probably just, you don't understand because you're a man, but it hurts when you're raped. Like it hurts. And I was hurting. Like physically. Yeah. And she goes, it feels like I was getting ripped open. And she says, John doesn't understand either how bad it hurt because he just doesn't care about my feelings. Like she's just exploding on the stand. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she says afterwards that she went into the kitchen to try to calm down because she was super worked up. She was sobbing and she got a glass of water and she opened the fridge and all the lights were off and the fridge illuminated and the knife was sitting right there. Oh, that was a sign. And so she says that everything bad from their marriage just ran through her head and took took over her. And she just claims, I don't remember what happened after that. I was just enraged. And so she just remembers driving in her car, unsure of who she even was, what was going on, how she felt. And then she comes to and she notices she has a knife in one hand with her hand on the steering wheel and a penis in the other with her hand on the steering wheel. And so she instantly gets scared, rolls the window down and throws the penis out of the window. Because she's like, what? Like she knows, but she's in a break. Like she's mentally broke. No, it's true. I mean, I've heard of stories where people do things and they're like, I just, I don't remember remember doing them. Yeah. She subconsciously drives to her workplace because that's the only other place she knows. She tries to go in. Can't get in. She um, tries to understand what happens, what had happened and what she had done. And so she knows, I think she'd put two together. And so she throws the knife away in the trash can. She's like, I, I she starts freaking out a little bit. And then, then she calls the cops on herself. That's why they get the phone call later. So, so it's not like she was, she just like, didn't really comprehend what was going on. Mm-hmm. So at the trial, the doctors that they bring in this time claim that Lorena was suffering from PTSD at the time of the incident. She went into a panic. They testify that she did not have control over her impulses, acting in severe distress. She legitimately went psychotic. Which is why she claimed insanity, correct? Yes, yes, temporary insanity. Okay. And she attacked the thing that tortured her. Like, yeah. she went in there and literally went... He's told me that I can't leave, that he will continue raping me. And there there was a lot more details to all of this and what he would do and stuff. So if you're interested in that, you can do it. I'm Just not going to go into that. Graphic and stuff? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The way That's horrible. That the, the reason why the rape was hurting yeah, her, basically. That's horrible. So this whole thing is called an irresistible impulse of insanity. She literally couldn't stop the insanity from coming on after years of abuse, the PTSD... Like they literally say a person just breaks. Wow. So the defense brings in doctors who claim, oh, no, she was just angry. No psychosis was going on. Okay. Those doctors should be fired and should never be doctors again. So that's so messed up. Literally a pivotal point of this case for the jurors was when one of the state's key witnesses that came in and said, oh, she was just angry after watching her testify gets back up and says, after watching this and hearing more evidence, I too am in agreement with the defense's doctors. She had PTSD. Oh. He changes his opinion. He was on 
John's side and in the middle of case goes, nope, never mind. This is a battered woman. She literally broke. She is not responsible for her actions at oh, this he time. He probably couldn't take it anymore. No. So during the trial, there were many people that were not on Lorena's side because John was a celebrity mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. So television personalities arguing back and forth about who to believe. Men stating that the rape accusations were false. John was just was good looking and he could get whoever he wanted. He didn't need to rape her. The dialogue about the case was pretty intense and pretty disgusting. I'm not going to lie. I lost a lot of respect for a lot of the celebrities I saw talking about this case. Wow. Just, and I know, like I said, at this time, marital rape was not acknowledged. Sexual violence was not acknowledged either. We're still working on it. Mm-hmm. Some of the things these people said, she's an ugly Hispanic woman. Why would he need to rape her? Yeah, I think something that really bothers me, because I've heard it in other rape cases and so forth is when people say well they're super good looking they don't need to rape anyone that is said so many times and i just it's mm, not about that he no. doesn't just want sex he wants violent exactly. sex exactly it's not about that they don't understand i mean disgusting. i'm not a doctor but i don't know how people don't understand that i know the jury on the case of lorena bobbitt versus john bobbitt found lorena not guilty by reason of temporary insanity good okay Because of this, by law, though, she was immediately taken to the psychiatric hospital for an evaluation of how long she would be in custody for mental help. But Mm -hmm. she needed help. Keep in mind, this woman broke. I mean, she has PTSD to an extent. Yes. So some jurors think that she might actually not have been completely insane at the moment. But they voted not guilty because John got what he deserved. So they weren't going to punish her for it. Good. So even though some of the jurors were like, we don't actually believe she was temporarily insane. We just think that he was a bad man and he got what we deserve. So we're not going to send her to jail for yeah. it. Um, the public was pretty 50-50 on the verdict after the media coverage on this case. Because keep in mind, everyone's first opinion of this case was she didn't have an orgasm. So she cut his thing off. I know. That is that is the hard thing is that first line. And it was, it was the first trial and it was the first thing they read. It was at the first hearing. And so... The media ran with it. It's like no matter what is said and what is done, your mind always goes back to, but why did she say this? So I think it was confusing for her because she was a virgin before she met him. And so in her mind, it was like, this is sex. Like this is sex. uh So in her mind, it was like, well, why, you know, why, why, why? And she was saying he's abusive. And also he always orgasms and he never lets me orgasm. Mm Mm-hmm. Like she was trying to explain the rape. That was rape was he gets off and I don't. Yeah. And I think it just came off as like sexual frustration when in fact she was trying to explain, no, he rapes me. He doesn't have time for me. It's just about him. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's sad. Some people think this case was feministic issues. A lot of the men were like, no, she deserves to go. You don't cut. I don't care what he did to you. You don't cut that penis off. Like that's the, that's the line. Wow. I I mean, I disagree with that. As well. Me yeah. as well. So the media coverage of this case really missed the point that Lorena was a victim of domestic abuse, focusing more on the penis, to be blunt. John ultimately became even more of a celebrity because of this after the trial while Lorena was getting help from years of abuse in a hospital. John didn't receive any help for his issues and in fact profited off of the situation. He was invited on shows left and right. He was asked to judge Lorena lookalike contests that were going on all around the country. What in the world? He sold his underwear for money and people began to celebrate his penis even more. It was around this point that John decided to join the porn industry with his famous penis. Blasting to everyone that it was fully functioning and doing just fine. One of his videos, he has a partner whose name is Lorena, and she basically portrays real-life Lorena. Oh, my god! She's all innocent. The sex is violent. That's horrible. It's completely atrocious. Yeah, that's, that's um, so I hate sad. this part of the story. I hate that she suffered and healed while he profited off of his own abuse of his wife, even mocking her while at it. He beat his wife and is a celebrity for it. So he tried her, basically, right? Yes. So what about him? Like for raping her? She, it was, that was the first trial. She tried him the first trial and he got off. And you can't like do it again. There's nothing you can do. No. So then he tried her. That was the second trial that was even bigger. So he just, so then he just continued to profit off of it. Like you said, for free and nothing ever happened. Made porn famous, went on tour. Wow. 
Um, he signed, okay, this helps. His porn film had its own screening in Hollywood. Celebrities came, they walked the red carpet, and then they all went in and watched John rape Lorena on his porn video. I still can't get over that I have never heard about this before. <laughs> I don't know. This is crazy to me. This whole thing is crazy. This is the best part, though. He signed with a manager who eventually ended up screwing him over, taking all of the money that he made off of all of his porn, all of his appearances, everything, and John filed for bankruptcy shortly after. Well, that's that's karma at its finest yes. right there. So John ends up moving to Vegas. He wow. becomes a reverend. He performs marriages. Um, he goes in, he gets a penis extension. The surgery goes wrong and he gets the new nickname Franken penis in the porn industry because his penis was botched. Even oh more karma for gosh. this dude. And not many years later, um, his life is falling apart. He's just working at a, as a bartender. He has no money. He's lost his celebrity, whatever. And he's charged again with domestic violence against another woman. He's sentenced to 60 days in jail, and he only serves 15 of those days. Because he died? <laughs> no. Because I don't know. Because that's the justice Oh, system. he only served 15 days, and he got out? Yeah. Oh. On his second domestic violence. That makes no sense. In 1999, John receives probation after robbing a store in Nevada, and in 2003, he is sentenced to prison for breaking his parole. Shortly after, he's arrested again on battery charges involving his new wife. He was arrested two more times for domestic violence again with this wife, and then they eventually get divorced. So Lorena worked on healing in the hospital, and she was eventually released. She kept a low profile. She changed her name back to her maiden name of Gallo. She founded Lorena's Red Wagon Organization, which helps prevent domestic violence through family-oriented activities. Um, she has been in a long-term relationship with a man, and they now have a daughter together. Oh, that's so good. Um, domestic violence is dangerous and is a major problem to this day. Police report that domestic violence calls are their most common and dangerous calls they report to, and I've even heard your dad say that as well, mm -hmm. that his domestic violence calls were the scariest calls he ever went to. Yep. When a partner hits the other partner and gets away with it, it makes it easier that, to then punch the partner the next time. And then choke the partner the next time and then eventually kill them. It just escalates from there. Most domestic violence murders happen after the partner has already left. Just in case you're one of those people who are like, why didn't she leave? Mm -hmm. Most of the killings happen after the woman has tried to leave. That's why they don't leave. Yeah. Some of the news clips from this trial and media coverage is appalling. We went over that. It's gross how they talk about domestic violence and sexual assault. And this wasn't that long ago. I know we've made steps, but this wasn't that long ago. Did Lorena snap? Did the past events and years of abuse and torment register with her while he was asleep and she felt helpless and like this was her only way out? In the pressure of all her feelings and helplessness, did she react in the only way she thought would help? I don't know. What I do know is that John Bobbitt was a bad man. So is he still around? Is he still alive? Mm -hmm. Just Yeah, so in the four-part series on Amazon that I watched, they interview both of them. Like um like today. Now, today. Him today, her today, the neighbors he, today, what, the witnesses today. What's he up to? What's going on? He just got in like a bad accident, I guess. He hurt his neck or something. He's broke. He's basically just had bad karma ever since. Yes. Mm -hmm. She's doing good. She works at a nail salon still. Okay. She says that talking about it has made it easier. Yeah. Kind of getting it off her chest. She hates the fact that it was that her abuse and years of torment were made such a joke. Yeah. But she understands it because of what she did. She says, I actually understand that it's comical that I did what I did, but mm -hmm. I don't quite understand why I did what I did still to this day. Yeah. And she's like, so sometimes that hurts. But she goes, I, well, because I she, to her, and she says, she goes, I, I did cut it off. Like yeah. it, that's, I did. I don't remember it, but I know I did it. I had it. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, so I'm not, I'm not denying the fact that it was kind of crazy. Sucks. I saw a video of her on like, I think it was like Dr. Phil or was Steve Harvey or something. And he's like asking her, so what'd you do with it? Did you think about it? Did you? And I'm just like, she's a victim. Yeah. And at the time she's just going along with it because she's in the public eye and what's she going to say? And the crowd is laughing at her. And so she kind of chuckles along, but you can tell she's uncomfortable. Well, in her mind, I mean, look, she's getting raped. Like it's the serious yeah. thing. Yeah. It's torment. It's not a joke. It's hell. It was her personal like, hell. I mean, 
granted, like you said, I mean, it, it is comical, right? The well, and that's whole the, I mean, is, and she says that, which is why I'm okay yeah, talking about it because about she it. says it's comical what I did. Uh-huh. Like the fact that I cut off his penis is t- extreme. But she doesn't know what happened. So I'm here standing with Lorena in this domestic abuse is horrible. But, you know, sometimes a man just gets what he deserves. <laughs> yeah. And well, if that's the weapon that was hurting her, then I'm sorry. Like, Can't blame her. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not justifying any act of violence. It's yeah. not okay. And she did have to go to the hospital for it. And she says the hospital was horrible. She's like, it, was, it felt like I was in prison. I was having to heal. I was having to talk about things I didn't want to talk about. But it was just like we were talking about, we were at dinner with some of our friends and he was talking about, well, why? Like, why do people do it? And I mean, that was her. There's your why. There's your why. Doctors came in and explained it for you. Yeah. Years of abuse and all of her family living not near her. She's the only one here. She immigrated here by herself, fell in love with this young Marine, got married, was a virgin, was the first guy she ever loved. And her life was horrible after it. Yeah. So. Wow. That was a crazy one because it wasn't a murder. Mm-mm. It was a little different than what Is we normally do, you know? Yeah. It was just a case. Yeah. So I think I enjoyed it a bit Yeah. more than some of the murders. Because <laughs> no one died. Because no one died. So here's the thing. I know this case is pretty popular and... Honestly, I've heard of this case, but I didn't know the name. If you had said Bobbitt, I wouldn't have known. And so you might know this, you might not, but I wanted to tell you this story so bad because I feel like you would like this story. So that's why we covered it. I promise I'm not. Next week we'll do a story not everyone's heard, I swear. But I just really wanted you to hear that one. Yeah, no, that was a good one. That was crazy. If I just want to say real quick, if you or anyone you know is affected by abuse domestic violence, sexual violence, and needs support, call the Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or text LOVEIS in all caps to 1-866-331-9474. Remember, you're not alone. Agreed. Agreed, Re- agreed, agreed. Remember our $100 giveaway to Dozzy Ties? It's a big deal. Leave a comment. Leave a review, go on our social media, follow us, talk. We get some comments. We get discussions going about these cases. So if you ever want to add a comment or about your experience with the case or, you know, I remember I was doing this when I heard about this case, go on, leave a comment, follow us. It's Murder With My Husband. All of the links to the case sources are in our episode notes, as well as all of the links to our social media. And I'll also be linking all of the information for the domestic abuse hotline as well if you need it. And please keep sharing it with your friends, family, anybody you know. It's super helpful. And like my wife said, the Dazi giveaway, you do not want to miss out on this. Nope. All right, guys. I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye.